Hey, everybody. Welcome to Faith and Good Counsel, a show to uplift and inspire women and our families, where we tell you not our truth, but the truth with the sweetness of the feminine, where we talk about ways to live a virtuous life and all of the things that affect us as women in our vocation in whatever state of life we may be in. I'm your host, Stacey Galino, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host today, Mary Wallace and Erin Franco. Good afternoon, ladies. Hey there. Hey, Stacey. Hi, Mary. Always such a blessing to be with you all. You know, I'm so excited about our show today because guess who our guests are going to be today? Hmm. Mary hmm. and Erin. <laughs> And Stacy, <laughs> I'm going to be, uh, uh, my work here is done in our topic today, I think, which is parenting your child. I hope, I hope I did a good job. I believe I, you did. I did. But it, our topic today is so awesome and, and we need to talk about this. Parenting to foster the identity of our children as children of the Most High God, sons and daughters of the Most High God. How do we do that? How do we start from the beginning? And so I'm really, really excited to mine these pearls of wisdom from you, from you ladies here today, but I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it, but I want to start with prayer and then I want to get into that a little bit. I want to check in with you all. And then I want to hear, I know Mary, you've pulled um, a number of saints for us that we can invoke their intercession for us, uh, for help in our parenting. So I'm, I'm excited to hear about that. Yes. So you have found Mary, a beautiful prayer for us today. It's the prayer of St. Monica, correct? And we've talked about her before, but these are some great words to St. Monica and as, as well to our God uh, as we are talking about her. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O oh God, you observed the devout tears and pleading of St. Monica and granted to her prayers the conversion of her husband and the penitential return of her son, Augustine. Grant us the grace to implore you also with earnest zeal so that we may obtain, as she did, the salvation of our own soul and of those belonging to us. O holy Monica, by your burning tears and unceasing prayers, you saved your son from eternal damnation. Obtain for us the grace ever to comprehend what is most conducive to the salvation of our children, so that we may effectively restrain them from sin and lead them by virtue and piety to heaven. Amen. Amen. And that's exactly, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. That is exactly what we are going to be talking about today. And oh my goodness, there's so much, so much to talk, uh, talk about. But you know, I'm thinking about our listeners and I do want to say thank you so much for being with us. We have a, a listenership that's growing by leaps and bounds. I want to appreciate and thank you so much for listening to us every week and for your feedback. And if you're a new listener today, welcome. I hope you'll feel like you're sitting in the room with us having some nice, maybe cold tea it's a little hot now yeah. let's put some ice in that yeah, put some, <laughs> put some ice warm. in that cup please yes but um <laughs> you know uh, we we just love having you here with us at faith and good counsel and um you're in in great company because you're here with the working catholic mom and that is dr mary wallace and she's got a wonderful blog indeed it is the work working catholic mom.com and you're with aaron Berryhill franco who is the humble handmate.com and in fact i wanted to check in with your blogs. I, I've read your latest blogs and I just had to bring them in with me today because they're just so awesome. Who shall we start with? Let's mm. see. I think I'm going to start with yours, Erin. I uh, love the title. I'm looking at um, Michael Franco, who is your St. Joseph. And if you're a new <laughs> listener and you missed 
the show with Aaron and Michael, you will hear Michael's testimony. This is a couple weeks back, but um, you'll be able to access that show very shortly at StacyGolino.com. But I love the title of your blog. It's Your Lawn Guy is My Husband. Tell us about your inspiration for this blog. (laughs) Um, Well, we own a lawn care services company, and um, we really what happened is a few weeks ago, we had a client call to complain about something that ended up being laughably, he was in error about it, basically. We hadn't done anything, but um, he was so rude to Michael on the Mm. phone and so condescending and just unbelievable. And and it really, it's not the first time that that had happened. And it just hit me how um, people, a lot of times we just don't even think about being rude to people who are doing, you know, like for example, lawn care is menial labor. You're not a rocket scientist, right? And except um, and Michael so is, just, but okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, yeah, he's an engineer. He's Technically, yes. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. He did used to work for NASA. Um, but anyway, so I was just thinking about how we are not called to be. God is just and God is merciful, but we are not called to mete out justice and give people their just desserts for being lazy and incompetent. We are called to be merciful. And, um, you know, just what does that mean day to day? It means, for example, when I haven't had Internet for two whole days and Comcast is being so difficult, there is no way that I should ever talk like that client, talk to my husband, even to that guy at the other end of the phone, you know. So that's kind of what that post was about. Well, yeah, when I was reading that, I thought, oh, my goodness, my first, I have to be honest, my nature was going, oh, no, I'm sorry. (laughs) This man was, we did what? (laughs) But then, Aaron, you brought me back and to realize we do need to be merciful. We do need to be merciful. But I do want to say, if you need me, call me. Okay, because I, I can have That's a charitable. That's honestly the first thing she told me when I walked into the radio station today. <laughs> Sometimes it's it's a merciful charitable thing to have a kind conversation with someone about their behavior, and I'm just saying I could do that. And she so loved her some Michael Franco. I do because he's a yeah. good man. But we all have something to learn from that scenario, and in all all sincerity, when someone uh, denigrates us in that way. Um, you know, it's very, very difficult, but we are called, as you said, Aaron, to be merciful. And that's why I love your blog so much. So everyone, please go out and look at humblehandmade.com. And Mary, yours had a very interesting title. <laughs> I try to, to shake it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And I, I didn't know what to expect. Can I say the title? <laughs> yes, please. Bass drums and electric guitars, earplugs not included. Yeah. Now, now from that title, would you even know I what had, it was about? I didn't have a clue. I'm but thinking, it enticed you? Did it pull it, you in? It, it pulled me in and I read every word <laughs> and I loved it. So well, tell us you. about it. Well, um, you know, um, I have young kids and older kids. So um, this weekend, my younger kids and husband went to the beach And I was uh, blessed to be able to go to Steubenville South, which is a charismatic youth conference out of Franciscan University. Right. Um, But it was here in Louisiana. So I was able to go as the one of the adult chaperones with our youth group. And um, for those of you who have been to Steubenville or those of you who have not, let me give you fair warning. Steubenville is a loud conference. This is not a sweet and gentle, silent retreat. Uh, it is definitely a youth-inspired, uh, very charismatic, beautiful way to worship our Lord. And uh, it's not necessarily um, exactly how I worship. 
So it's almost a little bit of a sacrifice. Uh, somewhat, yeah, I would say. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I could have gone to the beach. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. But you got to accompany your I daughters, did. right? And, and you know, it goes into our topic today, which is, you know, raising these, these daughters and sons um, a, a, as children of God. And I want to be on their faith journey with them. So, so I was able to go with them. But the minute, of course, you walk in, there's... Um, loud beautiful praise music but loud nonetheless and um i spent most of the conference trying to find contemplation in my soul and uh it was very difficult and yeah. um and, but there's some redemption there for me i guess is what what i would say is that um you know the whole time i was aggravated and i was telling god of course you know i'm very vocal with god sometimes wah, he likes wah, wah, right, right? <laughs> yeah well, you know, it was just bringing it all to the Lord. That's right. And, um, you know, I had a great adoration experience, what, turn, what turned out to be a great adoration experience. Um, and um, this was my favorite part, by the way. Oh, this is that my, I manipulated to be on the aisle. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I, maybe it's not my favorite part. Let's see what you're going to say. <laughs> well, you know that um, my daughter, uh, after I prayed to, um, when the monstrance started coming in and, and Father Jose Robles, um, who is a priest in Alexandria, very beautiful priest, comes in with the monstrance. I just prayed my plea, you know, what do you want of me, yes. God? I just, I don't know what you want of me. And, um, and I just kept hearing in the silence of my heart, really from our blessed mother, you're a mom, you're a mom. And I really didn't understand what that meant. And, you know, to be honest, I was kind of, I get that. <laughs> and God, right, right. I was wanting something earth shattering, you know, and um, all of a sudden I hear from the side of our, our aisle, um, someone crying very, very um, loudly. And I turned and it was my daughter. Oh, and um, she was so overcome with the spirit and just loving Jesus. And, um, she had a lot of things going on as well as a little boy that we brought on the trip uh, in our youth group. He's from Colombia, Latin America. Oh, really? Uh, very new to his faith. Yeah. But very open and um, had to really take care of them during adoration. They were having quite an experience. And, um, and so I realized that's what you were telling me, <laughs> you know, but then in mass uh, on Sunday, the closing experience, I was just like, you know, Lord, I really love you. I love this conference. I love spending time with my children. But could you tune down the bass drum and get electric <laughs> guitars? You know, I didn't find contemplation in my soul. And as um, they were doing the processional music, uh, Bless the Lord, Oh My mm -hmm. Soul, which is a beautiful hymn. But there is a bass drum part that is very prominent in the song. I noticed out of the corner of my eye this young man who was singing along, uh, but he had rigid muscles. He couldn't clap. He was in a wheelchair. And you could tell something, um, he, he is struck with some sort of disease that is debilitating his muscles. But when you got to the bass drum part, he was able to stomp his feet. Aww. And I mean, the tears just started flowing. And I thought, oh my God, thank you, Lord, for showing me this. Because I would have left this conference um, just thinking, oh yeah, this is great for the youth, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, and I said, I was expecting the whisper, but mm -hmm. I got the lightning bolt, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but then Sarah Kroger, who's a beautiful musician coming up through the church, really helped me during communion because right afterwards she sang a song about silence in your heart. 
And so I just loved it. So it was a beautiful experience. Well, it sounds like he had many, many lessons for you. And he wanted you there for a reason, Mary. What a gift that you were able to attend with your daughter. And I just loved it. Speaking of mamas and daughters and saints and whatnot, tell us about our saints for the day. Well, we have saints. That's right. With a plural S. Um, You know, one of the things as I was thinking about the topic today, I thought, you know, why don't we give our listeners a variety of ways to pray for our, our children, our beautiful children and our, and our holy families um, by looking at the different aspects of family and really thinking through who should we invoke or who's the patronage uh, patron of such and such. And so I want to start by just the idea that praying for your family and for, um, and for children can always start with our blessed mother and her most chaste spouse, St. Joseph. And I wanted to ask you girls, you know, how have you used uh, invocation and petition to our Blessed Mother and St. Joseph to pray for your families? Wow. I, well, Erin, why don't you go first? Well, I just, I know one thing that I started doing recently is at the end of the day, I'm just so exhausted. And so I'll just say to Our Lady, I say, Blessed Mother, I'm done. I can't do any more for today. The day is done. Can you take it from here and take whatever I offered and bring it before your son for me and just purify it in your immaculate heart and, you know, just show him again that I tried my best, you know, and that has really been a a really good prayer to help me go to sleep at night sometimes because I'm so tired and overwhelmed and I just know she's taking care of the kids for me you know and taking care of my work amen and you can just know that you can trust her to be watching over them and protecting them through the night that's so awesome you know I'm in a different situation my children are now grown and so the prayer that I have now it's changed over the years but the one that I have now is our lady I you know that I can't be with my children so please wrap them in your mantle and close them in the garden of your immaculate heart protect them you know, um, and, and hold them in whatever, whatever emotion or whatever situation they're going through that, and, and let them know that I love them, Yes. you know, and, um, so I really receive a lot of comfort from that. And, and, you know, um, real quickly in our last minute or two, I think you had just a couple of others. I do. Um, you know, of course, we've always talked about St. Monica and St. Augustine. I also want to mention St. Anne, who was a very holy woman, to raise our blessed mother. She is also an exemplary mother as well. Um, Patronage of large families, St. Margaret of Scotland, who we've talked about, but also St. Thomas More. And when you think about large families, he also had stepchildren. And so he is also invoked for that. Uh, St. Adelaide, she had lots of family turmoil, including disrespectful children, which I'm sure none of us deal with. Wow. Well, you know, (laughs) we're going to be talking about ways, hopefully, that we won't have disrespectful children. In just a moment, we're going to be coming back and talking about how to parent to nurture our children's identity as daughters and sons of the Most High God. Be back in just a moment. Greg A. Kennedy is today's sponsor of the day and supports Catholic programming on Catholic Community Radio. Greg A. Kennedy, CPA, 225-292-5112. The Center of Jesus the Lord is presenting a concert featuring the musical talents of Dan Dewey of 212 Ministries. The concert will be held on Friday, July 12th at 7 p.m. at the Center of Jesus the Lord in New Orleans. A celebration of the Eucharist will also follow praise and worship. To learn more about Dan Dewey's ministry, visit danduet.com. For more information about the July 12th concert, please call 504-529-1636 or visit centerofjesusthelord.org. Come enjoy a wonderful night of music and prayer. 
Support for Catholic Community Radio comes from the Collision Center at Brian Harris Chevrolet. The Brian Harris Collision Center repairs all makes and models of cars and trucks. The Brian Harris Chevrolet Collision Services on Florida Boulevard. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith and Good Counsel. I'm Stacy Galino here with our my co-host, and now our guests. <laughs> We're changing hats <laughs> on you, Dr. Mary Wallace and Erin Franco. Welcome back, girls. Hello, hello. I'm so so excited because I love mining this information from you all, loving loving learning these pearls of of wisdom, and I know our listeners do too. And our topic today is something that I think is so so important. How do we parent to nurture our children's identity as daughters and sons of the Most High God? There are so, so many competing voices out there vying for our trust and our attention and maybe even, you know, the control of the raising of our children. There's this newscaster who will remain nameless who thinks our children should belong to the state. Last time I looked, my name's on that birth certificate, okay? (laughs) That's my child. I will take care of the raising of my children. That's my opinion, okay? But we live in America, right? So we can have freedom of opinion. So there you go. <laughs> um, but how do we, in all seriousness, how do we sift through the chaff from the wheat? You know, how do we know what voice to follow? Why do we have so many behavior problems, so many mental and emotional health problems in the world we live in? I think about these things a lot. I used to do a lot of therapy with people and I would see these problems. And I really, really believe um, after all is said and done, the problem began in the Garden of Eden, okay, when Adam and Eve, through their own free will choice, broke their relationship with God through their sin. And we today, as a result of that, and our own con- concupiscence, our own, you know, efforts to sin there, um, we're suffering the fruits of that very act. And there's this cumulative effect of that battle of good and evil that's come before us, as well as the battle that we are in today. And so decision making and our parenting is so, so very important, especially when it comes to the good of our children. You know, God has given them to us as the most precious of all gifts. I'm sure you would agree. Our spouses are are, are, are St. Joseph's, and together God has given us these precious, precious gifts. There's nothing more important. Um, and we all, of course, want the absolute very, very best for them. But so what voice do we listen to? What foundation do we use to decide whether the advice that we're receiving is sound or, or good or not? Is it mom or, or grandmother or an, an aunt or a, another trusted adult? Is it the American Academy of Pediatrics? Hmm. Okay. Is it the set? <laughs> you know, I, I have, as a medical professional, I do have to pay attention to what these professional organ, organizations do, say. Secular magazines glamour you know whatnot and worse okay tv books is it celebrities is it new age gurus can i tell you when i go into a bookstore book big box bookstores and i go to the parenting or the self-help section it's just overwhelming the amount of harmful or unhelpful books that are on these shelves um so i want to say that in my past practice I have some training. I did a fellowship in infant mental health. Now, that sounds like 
the baby's got mental health problems, right? That's not, it's from, it's a specialty. It's health, of psycho- mental health. That's right. right. But it's, it's, it's really, it has to do with the dynamic or the relationship that exists between a young child at zero to three mm-hmm. and, and mom and dad. And there's a lot of research specific to mom. Okay. Mom and baby, that diet, that, that relationship there. Um, it's, it's largely based, uh, some of you may have heard of Bowlby's attachment theory. It's not a perfect theory, of course, but it does have some good components that dovetail really well with the teachings of our Catholic faith. So that relationship between baby and mom, between baby and dad, is affected by the mental and physical health of the parents, especially in moms. There's a whole, this whole body of knowledge about how that specifically happens and what the, the positive and negative effects can be. And in fact, um, healthy attachment between mother and child and father and child is a preventative factor for later development of psychiatric problems. Certainly there are other um, effects, you know, and, and things to consider, but, but in large part, a healthy attachment is essential in preventing psychiatric problems later. But here's, here's my theory. The Lord God Almighty created us to know, to love, and to serve him. That's the Baltimore Catechism, okay, <laughs> right? It's real simple, okay? It's yeah. real simple. And he's left us with everything that we need to know to raise our babies, to know that they are his sons and his daughters. But it requires something of us. It requires us to know our faith, to practice our faith, to live our faith, to remain in a state of grace as much as possible so that we are in the very, very best position in those moments. You know those moments, okay? Mm-hmm. To make the best discerned decisions about the course of action needed for our children for their good. It requires that selfless, selfless effort on our part, and it requires virtue. Whoever said, you know, whoever said parenting isn't for cowards, well, they weren't far off the mark, okay? But it requires us in, in, at the deepest core to walk our own path to holiness. And I'm so delighted to have two ladies beside me who are doing just that. And we're going to learn from you today through your example, through the joys and the sufferings in your parenting. Now, you all are very blessed to still have children at home. I've got holy envy, holy envy <laughs> is all I can say. My babies are grown now. I, I know I've mentioned that, but I tell you, I'm in my heart, they're always <clears throat> my little babies, you know. But Erin, one of the things that you've mentioned to me, <clears throat> excuse me, is that you have a conscious practice of frequently telling your children how beautiful and how good they are inside out. Why is that? You know, what is your intention when you do that? And what, if, what it is about the faith that has informed you that this is a good and right thing to do that will help foster that, that godly identity in your children that they, that they need, that we were created for? Uh, well, first of all, uh, I, I just want to remind listeners, I have a three and a half year old, an almost two year old, and then a little eight week old, seven week old newborn. Um, so I'm still new, but I, I just, you, it's really that basic tenet of the faith that we're made in the image and the likeness of God, that he has plans for us to be with him in heaven, plans for us to be holy. And that, yes, we do have original sin, but we are made for goodness and holiness and to be with God and, and we're made in his image. And um, so with my kids, I just, you know, I spend so much time telling them no and disciplining them over and over. And I just, especially the little three and a half year old and now the two year old coming up, I, I want to consciously affirm them 
you are good. You are wonderfully made. I delight in you like God delights in us. And just kind of be be that that parent, that father, mother image that God is to us, that he does delight in us. And I delight in my children. I look them in the eye and tell them that they're good. Which moments, I'm just curious, what moments are you choosing to tell them these things? Are there particular times in the day or the evening that, that come up for you at, at, as a regular time for you to share that with them? Um, usually, uh, definitely at bedtime, just at, I, really when I have that moment, when I tuck each of them in bed at night, um, just the, just me and them, I, I really take that time. Also, after I've, you know, we've done some kind of discipline, a timeout or whatever, and we're kind of having that, that reunion or that, that healing and coming back together. I, I try to, to use that as well. And just every time I think about it, when I'm buckling them in the van, I'll tell them, Oh, Gabriel, do you know how much I love you? Do you know how good you are and how handsome and wonderful? And just get that little sparkle in their eye and a kiss on the cheek and just, you know, as quick as that. You know, I'm, I'm just envisioning this, the diet that we were talking about earlier, um, just that relationship that that eye-to-eye contact, you know, what's their response when you tell them these things? Oh, you know, that little sparkle in their eye, they know it just, and I just talk to them until I I know that I love them and they have, um, they know that they have my attention for a minute, you know, that with, with even just the three right now, I, I really am trying to make sure that I give them the gift of my presence and that I look them in the eye and spend time with them individually during the day, you know, and, and really trying to be conscious about that. Sounds like a full-time job. <laughs> Sounds like the best job ever. That's <laughs> what I'm thinking. <laughs> well, Mary, what about you? Can you think of some ways? You've got a, a wide range of children, four daughters, right. age 18 through six. Through six, right. right. Um, you know, uh, I did quite a bit of the kind of stuff Aaron's talking about when they're young, which I want to really emphasize is the very important work to be doing um, when they're at the early stages of growing. Um, Certainly with my teenagers, what I try to do is just keep an open door of communication going. Uh, Right now, two of the two older ones are dealing with some self-image issues with weight, which is all over the secular culture you know right. that's that competing those that's competing right. voices oh, and they're loud oh they're very and they're loud. enticing you know and I heard something at Steubenville this weekend that said I want to raise my kids so that when they go out into the world the people who want to break them won't mm-hmm. and so I always try to keep that door open and so um right before we left for Steubenville my daughter was having really a difficult moment about her weight and we just really had to sit down and say you know, you're more than your weight. You're that heart and soul that God wants, and he is nurturing that in you. And this is something that we can put away this weekend. You know, if you're wanting to be healthier, we can deal with that. But right now, I need you to know that God sees you as beautiful, and he's working on your soul right now. Amen. And that's the most important thing that's being worked in your life right now. Amen. And she, you know, it did yeah. help her to move to that next stage of, okay, I can put away my worry about my weight or my health issues or whatever, because I am right now made for the Lord. And I know that. And, um, and, and I think that's, that's helpful, especially when you girls, especially the, this weight issue with girls. And I don't care if you're too skinny, too overweight, too under whatever, it's just the it whole doesn't issue. matter. It's the, it's always creeping its head up. 
And I have to remind myself, too, to not talk about my own weight in front of my children. I think that's important uh, for young girls. Um, and to let them know that you understand that you are also a creation of God. That me, Mama, I'm a creation of God, too. And I'm going to try to do the very best that I can. Absolutely beautiful. You know, I was th- reflecting back on a, a conversation we had with one of our guests, Deacon Josh Johnson, um, recently on Wake Up Louisiana, and he was talking about every situation. I know I won't say it as eloquently as him, but uh, but every situation is placed in our lives um, as a as a way to make us a saint. And so there's nothing that goes to waste. That's no right. struggle, no joy, no sorrow, no suffering that cannot be used. Um, when we unite it to, to Christ on the cross, but it is to make us into a saint. And, you know, uh, speaking of saint making, it reminds me of the virtues and, um, you know, being knowledgeable about the, the, the virtues, which, by the way, you can find in the catechism on page 443. <laughs> it's very, there very important go. that we know. That's but right. using them in those teachable moments that come up day to day is really such an awesome way to foster the goodness and the, this, this emotional, this spiritual health of our children. And in this last minute or two of this segment, Aaron, maybe give us an example of how you infuse those virtues into your children in your day to day life. Uh, Well, I pretty much just try to talk about them and point them out. You know, we talk to our kids about this is your uh, your forearm, this is your nose and your belly button, and we we talk about the names for things. But I really try to use words like that was generous, that was so patient, the way you waited for me for dinner, that was um, so kind, or that was so understanding of you that faith isn't feeling well tonight, Gabriel, and just point them out, just jump on it every time I see something. Uh, and, and I, and really that helps me to be remembering the virtues too. I mean, teaching, I think makes you have to be a doer too. And I appreciate that about my vocation. Amen. Amen. And you know, I'm just thinking uh, too, Mary, I know you infuse virtues and you're, I hear it. I hear when you relate stories about you and your daughters, I hear that. Well, give us an example. You know, um, I, I just I, I'm going to try to give it from the teenage point of view because um, Aaron's doing so beautifully with the youngers. But the the faith, hope, and love virtues. You know, um, one of the things I witnessed my daughter do this weekend, my oldest daughter, was to really take care of the kids in the youth group, especially as they were having big faith experiences. And I, I was know, just Mary. Oh, are we, I out of ha- we are. I hate to interrupt you, but I, I, can you pick back up after I, the break with that certainly. thought? Yeah. Okay. You're I listening to Faith and Good Counsel with Stacy Galino, Aaron Franco, Mary Walt. We'll be back in just a moment. Are you a physician, nurse, or health provider that feels called to restore the culture of life to health care? Recent threats to religious freedom, such as the HHS mandate that forces health care providers to supply the birth control pill and abortion-inducing drugs, underscore the urgent need for medical care that respects life and the dignity of the human person from conception until natural death. To this end, the American Academy of Fertility Care Professionals announces a one-day seminar, The Culture of Life and Medical Practice, to be held at the Hotel Monteleone in the French Quarter, New Orleans, on 
Saturday, August 10th. Nationally known speakers will describe how it is possible to align the practice of medicine with the culture of life. Topics include integrating faith in work, health care or Obamacare, what options do Catholics have, and the legal status of conscience protection in the U.S. There will also be an introduction to NAPRO technology, an approach to women's health problems including infertility, which seeks to find the underlying causes and to restore the natural health of women, all in line with Catholic teaching. Register at aafcp.org. aafcp.org. Catholic Art and Gifts is proud to support Catholic Community Radio. They are located at 6184 Florida Boulevard between Ardenwood and Marquette. Catholic Art and Gifts has religious articles and gifts for the clergy and the laity, including Bibles, books, and music for worship and devotion for all occasions, such as First Communion, Baptism, and Confirmation. Catholic Art and Gifts, 926-1216, or on the web at zieglers.com. Citizens Bank and Trust is a proud supporter of Catholic Community Radio. Citizens Bank and Trust, online at citizensbankandtrust.com. That's citizensbankandtrust.com. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith and Good Counsel with Stacy Galino, Mary Wallace, and Aaron Franco. And you know, we were just jumping in, Mary, to your your uh, thoughts and comments and wisdom on the virtues of faith, hope, and charity and how you utilize that with your daughters. So continue on with that, would you? Well, I'm just so impressed with my 18-year-old and the way that she just loves the kids of the youth group. And she's really taken a responsibility of being that teen leader who uh, is going to give them her heart. And um, I, I witnessed that almost every time we get together with the youth group, but especially this weekend, I noticed her at the conference um, really just nurturing each one of those, um, especially the young men, which it was really surprising for me uh, because I don't hang out with a lot of young men. My daughters don't date, they, uh, you know, they, you know, whatever. But I really watched Elizabeth um, take care of them. And I told her, I said, you know what? You were born to be a mom. Oh, and, um, and she so was beautiful. like, thank you, mom. And then she said to me, you're like the mom of the youth group, mama. And it was a sweet moment. And I think for her, it affirmed her vocation, um, which, you know, uh, needs to be nurtured as well. So, and it's going to continue to help her grow in charity and faith and hope. I think think it really speaks to that spiritual motherhood that we are, it is innate within us. And, you know, you see it at age 18. It's it's an, even when little girls are playing mommies and daddies and grocery store and whatnot you see it it's it's within us it's a beautiful uh it's a beautiful part of our creation something you said reminds me of something that my children tell me and I I have to say I really love it and they say you're everybody's mama mama (laughs) you know I I love being everybody's mama I do I just love people so much but um you know each of us are born with a unique temperament and personality and some of us are rather easygoing and others might be a bit more high strung or anxious and on and on and on but combining our nature with the other people in our lives and maybe the various life stressors that can come along that can be a rather challenging mix and can you know can stimulate some rather interesting behaviors let's say in our children and even in us you know we can get a little dysregulated that's the professional word for it and the meltdown right so I'm just wondering what are some of the ways that you both utilize the richness of the faith and your knowledge of your child's individual temperament or personality and some of those challenging moments to foster that (laughs) Catholic identity. 
Um, I, I guess I'll go first, if that's okay, Mary. Yeah. Um, one thing that just came to mind, though, that I wanted to say is I was talking with my mom recently about some things I had going on in my life, and she was telling me how she said, you know, Aaron, I've always seen my role as the wife is to be the heart of the home and to be the peacemaker of the home and in the family as much as I possibly can. And she really has definitely has done that in my life. And, and I know in my house, sometimes everybody's upset. And I, I say, Lord, I have to have enough peace right now for everybody. Um, So beautiful. going, you know, and, and he gives me the grace for that. And the personalities in my house and my personality set me up for that, that, that I am a little bit calmer and more laid back than I think everybody else. And, and it's beautiful how he put us together. Um, but I know just on another note, my, um, my little two year old, um, had a new sister come home seven weeks ago and I don't think she's over it yet. <laughs> it's a big deal. <laughs> like, what happened here? <laughs> yeah. And, um, so anyway, we, uh, we went to go visit my mom and dad in Baton Rouge. Uh, so four hours away from Houston and, um, and we got there a few days ago and Faith wasn't feeling well. And then we got there after being in the car and everybody's saying, oh, my gosh, so good to see you. And it's kind of chaotic. And the little thing just lost it, just Aww. emotionally just looked at me, latched on and God help anybody who tried to take her away from Aww. me. And so just with that, I just said, this is just something in me said, what you do now, Aaron, is you take this little girl and you go bring her in a room and turn the lights down in the back and you just hold her and you rock her until she calms down and you pray over her out loud and um, with a familiar prayer that we pray all the time at home until she calms down. And so we did and then she calmed down and we went back out and she was fine. But I um, I felt like just the prayer and the just kind of letting being open to those little promptings of the Holy Spirit about how to handle a situation is is what you really have to be open to and not just freak out because someone else is freaking out. Say, how do I need to respond to it instead of react to it? You know, uh, someone would call that healthy attachment, you know, attachment, mental health professionals. It's a beautiful thing, but I call that Catholicism right there. That was absolutely beautiful. I'm just thinking, Erin, can you be my mama? I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm no, just, and I'm thinking, I want to oh, be Stacy and Mary when I grow up. Oh, <laughs> you're so... Well, I'm, I'm looking at Mary, and I know she's got something to share with us, too. Well, you know, I know I've talked about my teens, but one age group we haven't talked about yet is that little preteen oh. age, and I definitely have one of those. Um, my beautiful little Elaney, she's 11 years old. She's going to be 12 in July. I guess she would want me to tell you she's 12. Hi, Elaney. Yes. And, and Elaney's personality, I think within our whole family is probably, uh, as different, you know, among everyone as it could be. She's our tomboy, which I love because I get to do sort of fun things with her, like fish or, you know, uh, kick the soccer ball with her or whatever, which I, I don't, I wouldn't normally do those things. But she also, um, she's extroverted. You know, we talk about personalities and, and she is very much thinks on her feet, talks a lot, all this kind of stuff. And, and well, I'm introverted. And so one day I came home from work and, um, I was tired. I mean, when you're at work and you give everything you've got, it's almost as if I've used all my words for the day. Physical and mental, you're talking mental fatigue right there. Right. I just come home like a wet puppy dog and she's blah, 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 blah. She's going on and on in my ear. And I'm just thinking, how, how am I going to teach her that I need a moment? You know, like I just need one little moment and I'll be fine. 
And uh, so I said, hey, you know, Elaney, God made two types of people in the world. One are those ones who are, uh, they're called extroverts, and they like to talk a lot, and they think on their feet, and they're quick, and they're funny and fun and all that. She goes, oh, yeah, like me, Mom. God made me like that. And I was like, yeah, God made you like that. (laughs) I said, and then the second type are those that just need some time to think, you know, maybe reflect a little bit in the quiet of their room or, you know, they might want to read a book or they need to wind down a little bit. Readjust. Yeah. She goes, Mama, you're just like that. I said, yeah, God made me like that. I said, she goes, Mama, you need a minute. (laughs) That how beautiful. (laughs) awesome I, said, I do need a minute honey so she, child her intuitiveness is oh, budding she's got it mama she does and so she gave me a minute and then we were able to come back together and everything was fine I think it's sometimes just that reminding them of their personality in yeah. relation to your personality is helpful uh in terms of attaching to one another and um and sort of accommodating for one right another. and that and is exactly what i'm talking about with healthy attachment yeah. you know and that ebb and flow and that dynamic between you it's beautiful um god is a god of order i know that i'm speaking to the choir singing to the choir on this one and he is he's created a need for order in within us as well and but in our humanness you know we got to mess things up a little bit we've got a tendency to either over or underemphasize this need you know maybe being a too too rigid or maybe too passive at times and there's a price to pay unfortunately but what we're really finding or seeking rather is that sweet spot the order of god the order that's divinely inspired and that is a constant discernment and i'm just wondering you know what are some of the ways that you infuse order into your parenting and into your family relationships. Erin? Gosh, there are so many. I'm a very, I usually am a very orderly person. So there are lots of different ways, but just, I guess, speaking um, recently, it's what's been on my heart regarding that topic is having this new baby come home and these three very small children and um, just having to learn to say no to a lot more things mm-hmm. and say no, learning what my limits are. If mm-hmm. I know that I know that I'm being weak, but I know that I cannot handle going to this party or this event or even getting out of my pajamas a couple mm-hmm, of days. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I can't do that and still, I need to be able to be kind to my husband and kind to my children. And if I know I'm not going to be able to handle something, learning how to say no has been a big thing for me because we're a pretty social family. We do a lot. We um, do a lot in our community. And um, it, it has been hard to take a step back for this season. But for me, I, ne- I need to be able to to keep up that, just get through the basic routine and be kind and orderly in my home, even just keep the home a little bit picked up right now. And that everybody's happy, the kids are fine, and we're all fine. And um, so that's something that I know I've been working on with order. Well, it sounds like your priorities are in order, your your faith and your family, which does mean we have to say no. The no, the the time for that will pass. There will be other no's in the in the future, you know. But but it's it's just for a time. And and what beautiful virtue Mm -hmm. that I'm I'm hearing from Erin today with her priorities in line. And and Mary, I know you've. You like order too, don't you? I, I do like order. You know, one of the things that happened to me when I was a new mom uh, with Elizabeth, um, I was just really not prepared for the complete change your life goes through, which I think most new moms find themselves in. Um, and I remember she wasn't an easy baby to sleep. She would wake at the very minuscule of sounds and uh, it took a lot to get her to go to sleep. And so one night I'm rocking her and I'm just sobbing and I 
just walked to, I, I walked to the, the bed and I put her in the bed and she's screaming and not consolable. And I go and lay down in my bed. And I was like, Steve, I can't, I can't do this. And he came to me, you know, even before he picked up Elizabeth and he said, Mary, we're parents together. Right. And when you're having a tough time with this, you need to let me know and I will take over. And then when you, when I'm having a tough time with it, I'll let you know and you take over. And I think that really defined for me at that moment that I was in this with a partner, you know, that Steve and I had each other's backs in parenting and that um, there would be tough times to get through certainly. And Lord, we didn't know what those would be when 18 years ago this happened. And certainly they've been even worse than not being able to get Elizabeth to sleep. But I knew that um, he had my back and that meant a lot to me as a parent. That's so beautiful. And you know, one thing I just thought of a little bit off topic, but our, our men need us sometimes to tell them what we need. They can't, please don't expect your husband to read your mind. And I think Aaron wrote a blog about this. It just reminds me, but they, they don't resent. It's part, it's just part of the the diet between the, between the two of you. Right. Be, don't expect that because then you're going to get aggravated at something that's just part of their nature. They don't, the the intuitiveness that they have is different from ours. So, and vice versa. So. I love what you said, Mary, that, that you both communicated with one another, that mm-hmm. I've got your back, you've got my back. And there was that flow of communication and respect there, which is so, so needed right. uh, and so awesome. So awesome. Well, you know, gosh, we're getting down to the wire here. I wanted to make sure that we mentioned um, just a few resources. I brought in my vintage copies from 1985. <laughs> I of, can testify. <laughs> this is vintage. They're pretty ragged. Uh, well read. The Fussy Baby and Nighttime Parenting. And I... I say share this with you because it's they're from dr william sears he is one of one of my favorite um, pediatricians one of my favorite resources you know don't agree with everything that he uh talks about Uh, there's certainly some latitude there but he is um someone who he and his wife who is an rn martha sears they are proponents of attachment parenting and you know you can go and take a look out at their website at askdrsears.com um and then another one of my favorite resources, I just love this man still, is Dr. T. Barry Brazelton. Gosh, if he hadn't been on the TV in the late 1980s, <laughs> I don't know what I would have done without him. But he was just so beautiful. With He's a pediatrician, now very elderly. Um, but he is still, I, I guess, around, and, and his uh, people are now taking over and uh continuing his method but he's got a website there at touchpoints.org and brazelton institute brazelton-institute.com and i used a lot of their resources in my my therapy practice too um for for helping parents sue the fussy baby do a little i i hesitate to, to use the word sleep training but you know for lack of a better um, term, you know, helping, helping babies. They don't come out of the womb knowing how to sleep. We do have to they don't help know them. Night and day. They don't. And we have to help them. <laughs> if we'd like to sleep, we have to help them, right. you know, <laughs> help them to do that. But this has been such an awesome conversation. I, I wish we could continue. Maybe we'll have to revisit. Maybe we need to talk about teenage stuff maybe yeah. we need to focus on that we need an expert here for that well please. i think we have one sitting right here her name is dr mary wallace but you know i want to share this little quote with you no matter what you've done for yourself or for humanity if you can't look back on having given love and attention to your own family what have you really accomplished 
Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to Faith and Good Counsel. Stacy Galino, Mary Wallace, and Aaron Franco wish you all of the love of the Lord. And until we see you again, may God bless you and shine his face upon you and give you peace. God bless. I myself and the living bread come down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he shall live forever. The bread I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. At this the Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can he give us his flesh to eat? Thereupon Jesus said to them, Let me solemnly assure you, if you do not eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Scripture Highlights, brought to you by Greg A. Kennedy, CPA, 225-292-5112. Wedgkai's Import Specialties, an independent German car repair specialist, is a proud supporter of programming on Catholic Community Radio. They offer complete mechanical repair, including tires and alignment. 295-0744 or wkimports.com. Join us for the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, live from Our Lady of Mercy Parish in Baton Rouge, weekdays at noon and Sunday mornings at 1030 on Catholic Community Radio 1380, WPYR.